Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. What did he do with that? First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered. Again, powered by Believe Podcast Network and sponsored by betonline.ag, the best sports betting website around. BetOnline.ag, promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to match your initial deposit up to 50%. The Eagles might be losers, but you can be winners this week by going to BetOnline.ag and putting some money on the Monday Night Football Contest. Head on over there with BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. Co-host Connor Miles, my co-host Ed Kraz, as always. So, Ed, I mean, uh, <laughs> humble pie. A little bit of a humble pie. You know, I, I thought the Eagles were going to win, to be honest with you. And uh, I, I know... We discussed on the pod, you said it's going to be tougher than what we expected, and you were right. It was. Uh, here's my initial thoughts of the game, and then I'm just going to let you take it away from there. They looked like they played two games in 28 days. Holy crap. The effort on that team was awful. I thought Hands on hips, sluggish, missed tackles, offense not even. The time possession. The, the the difference in the time possession, like we could sit here and cry about the refs all you want, and I'm sure we're going to mention it in the pod, but the, the difference in time possession, you're not going to win a football game like that. No way with that split. There's no way the, the Washington football, I mean, the, the, your defense was on the field for almost two more quarters than the whole entire offense was. That's insane. You can't, they can't survive that way. So, I mean, I'm not surprised they lost playing that way. I mean, again, Two games in 28 days really did wear on these guys because the effort was just not there at all. They really played down their competition thinking they were just going to out-talent the Washington Commanders, and that's not what happened at all, and they got smacked in the face. So a good dish of humble pie. I'll take this loss now than I would in January. So all's good on my end with this loss. I'm, I'm fine with it. I moved on already. I'm looking forward to Indianapolis, a bounce-back game against a team that's going to be even, you know, they're just fighting for a chance to win at this point. So it's, it's, you know, I understand Jeff Saturday is coming off his couch and coaching that team. I understand they just beat the Raiders and the Raiders in two and seven. But, you know, the Eagles, that better be a wake-up call because, again, this Colts team is just trying to fight for wins at this point. Bad teams that fight for wins make those games competitive. So if you play down your competition and you think you're just going to out-talent them again, you might have another Washington Commanders game. So hopefully that was a good wake-up call and the Eagles, you know, play good football going forward, which I have no doubt they will. Uh, I think this is a good, good, good humble pie serving for them. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Ed? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the more upsetting things about the loss, you know, they played, like you said, they they were rusty. Uh, they seemed unmotivated. I think they took this game for granted. Um, but the most disturbing thing is, is it came within the division. You know, you can't afford to lose games 
inside the NFC East. I mean, if it came against the Colts, if their first loss was next Sunday, okay, you know, you're going to lose sometime. You have to expect that. They're not, they weren't going to go 17 and that one. Maybe that's a silver lining is now all this conversation and all this lauding them for, you know, being eight and no and, you know, possibly going undefeated. And, you know, listen, these guys sat around for, most of the month played two games in a span of four days. And I'm sure they were, you know, I heard some of them on Sirius XM radio talking about it. They were always asked about what it's like to be undefeated. Can they go undefeated? So as much as the players want to say, you know, Hey, we don't care about that. They were asked about it. And, you know, they spent a lot of time with family and friends uh, over this long period of inactivity that they had, and they probably heard about it. You know, they watched games, they heard it on television. Um, the Eagles are undefeated. Can they go 17 and out? You know, they heard it. They knew about it. Uh, I just think they took it for granted. Um, and now that that 17 and no record can't happen, now you hope you learn from it. But again, it had to come against the Colts or the Titans, maybe even the Packers, even though that's inside the NFC. You know, you could probably live with it a little bit more, but that's what kind of stings the most is that this came inside the division where they're now two and one, they have to go to Dallas yet on Christmas Eve. Nobody's penciling that in as a win. So if it's not a win, they're two and two. And then they got to play the Giants twice who have seven wins and, and they're no fluke. Are you going to sweep the Giants? Or are you going to get swept by the Giants? Chances are you're, you're probably going to split. So you're three and three in the NFC East. And, you know, that win, had they been able to beat Washington twice, then you're looking at four and two and it's a much more favorable, favorable position. So, you know, the Eagles need some help probably at this point. I know they have the one game lead against the Giants and two games against the Cowboys. And, you know, they're essentially tied with the Vikings now. They have one loss, the Vikings, but the Eagles do hold the tiebreaker. But now, you know, you're going to have to respond to this. And it's going to be interesting to see what they learned. And hopefully they learn they need to stop the run. They can't stop the run. And I know Washington didn't really run them over, but they ran effectively enough to set up play action. And that led to wide open receivers. Terry McLaurin was wide open because the Eagles are trying to play the run and they get beat on the play action. So you hope they learn how to stop the run. You hope they understand that, you know, now it's a dogfight. Now you're going to have to respond. You're going to have to keep winning. You can't let this snowball. Uh, It's a short week and we'll see where it goes from here. But that's the most disappointing thing about the loss was it was inside the NFC East. This is disappointing for sure, but I mean, if you're going to lose to anybody on this schedule, it's probably going to be the NFC East, though, too, at the same time. Because look at the Bills. Bills are a prime example. They only have one loss in the NFL against the team, and it was the Vikings 8-1 team. The other two losses are against the Jets and the Dolphins. And you're right, though. It is disappointing because the Dolphins, if they continue the pace that they're on, and, I mean, the Jets are also having a good record this year, but if the Dolphins just continue what they're doing under Tua, Bills might not win that division. So those games do matter. I, I hear you, and especially because Washington's a better team. With Taylor Heineke under center, I'm assuming that's going to be what happening going forward too. The more productive with him under center, well, I should say. I'm with you. I think they split with the Giants. So it, I hear you. I hear you on it for sure. But all I need is the Eagles to play the team that they are. And they haven't. I'm going to be honest with you. The last two weeks, they haven't. I and mean, the last two games, they haven't. So uh, they didn't take the Texans seriously. They had that whole entire goodbye, all that time off, going to that Thursday night game. They didn't take them seriously. They, they thought the Texans were a one-win team, and they they treated them as such. And you can't do that in the NFL. You just can't. These teams that are bad, they're, they're nobody tanks. Yeah. They don't tank purposely. 
They're still going to put up a dogfight every single game. Uh, so especially the Colts, the Colts are going to do the same thing this week. Under Jeff. They want to win for Jeff Saturday. Apparently, he's well liked there. Clearly, I mean, you saw after what happened. They win uh, against the Raiders. So everybody comes out of the woodworks and makes fun of everybody for making the takes about Jeff Saturday being coach and underqualified. So they're playing for the guy. They love the guy. So I don't. I, you, you can't hit these guys lightly. But I don't think the Eagles will. I like how Nick Sirianni responded. In my opinion, at the end of the game presser, he seemed like he knew what the mission was. Hmm. Yeah, well, Jeff Saturday, it's not Jeff Saturday that worries me and him being a, you know, never having coached before and all that. It's Jonathan Taylor, you know, last yeah. year's uh, rushing champion. You know, the Eagles can't stop the run, and that's a big problem. And there has to be a philosophical change here. I know Jordan Davis is out, and it's more than just Jordan Davis, though. Come on, let's face it. I mean, he Derek Barnett, too. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Everybody likes to forget about Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett is very good against the run. That's the reason why they bar him back, and mostly. Yeah. He hurts, too. I just want to add him to the equation because I think everybody's like Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis, and I, I rightfully so. But everybody, there's no way a rookie is a difference maker from you being a good run defense and a bad deep run defense. Like he's just trying to adjust the NFL still. Like, he shouldn't be the per, the thing that makes or breaks it. Derek Barnett's also a piece to that too, as well. But again, they should they shouldn't be this bad against the run. Well, here's the thing that Davis does, and you know it's pretty underrated. I think is. You know, when he's out on the field on first and 10 and they try to run the ball, a lot more than not, he's stopping it for a no gain or a one-yard gain. So then it's second and 10 or second and nine. You know, we saw the red uh, with the commanders convert third downs at will, but a lot of those were third and manageable. They, they had third and four most of the game, and that's an issue because on first down, they picked up yards on the ground. Second down, they picked up more yards on the ground. So if you have Jordan Davis out there on first down and he's able to put the uh, stuff to run and it's second and 10 or second and nine, whatever it is, then you as a defense can dictate to the offense. The, the Eagles couldn't do that. And that's where they miss Davis is they don't have that guy that can clog up the, the run game on first down. And What like, an indictment on the highest paid guy in the interior? Fletcher Cox. What an yeah. indictment on that. I, I I know that you and I were, I mean, I was really defending him, but I can't anymore. He's playing like crap. And what an indictment on him and everybody else that the rookie, the guy who's barely played in the NFL, who's on a snap count, is the reason why your run defense is breaking in half. Like, you guys should be the ones stepping up. You guys should be the ones playing better. You're paid to be playing better. Come on. Yeah, I thought Cox would play more over center last night in that five-man front that Gannon likes to use, but he didn't. Um, I don't know if he'd be any better stopping the run, but if you play him over center and you have Hargrave to your right and Williams to your left, whatever, um, I think it's more formidable. Har Hargrave, he made 13 tackles last night. That's a career high, um, but he's not that good at stopping the run. I mean, I don't I know how – far downfield those tackles were, but I already told you that on first and second down, they're picking up, you know, seven, eight yards and they're in third and three. So, you, you know, you know, he's not making them behind the line. He's making them after they've gained a few yards. So, um, you know, it's, it's been this way for a month with this run defense, five straight games now where they've had teams rush for over 120 yards and the Eagles were able to get away with it because they were able to build leads. You know, they outscore their opponents in the second quarter I think it was 126 to 27 coming in and they were able to build leads. And so they're okay with teams running the ball a little bit to try to get back into it. They would exchange that for a get beat over the top 
type of play that leads to a quick score and then you ignite the comeback. They're, they're okay with giving up yards if they have the lead. But last night they didn't score any points in the second quarter. They didn't lead at halftime for the first time all season. They were uh-huh. down 20 to 14. And that's the problem. Now Washington is just committed to the run. And you're going to, if you're a smart offensive team, you don't even have to be smart. You just have to understand that all you got to do is turn around and give the ball to the running back. And whether he's getting three yards or four yards, you're setting yourself up for a, a third and short, and they're just going to control the clock. You mentioned time of possession. That was an embarrassment. They had the ball for oh, six yeah. minutes in the first half. Six minutes. They ran the ball four times. They threw it 12 times. I mean, I I didn't understand the whole not running. I know they didn't have the ball a lot, but come on. You got to run the ball, especially when they get the turnover. Sorry, Miles Sanders was playing bad. Yeah, Jalen Hurts runs for 12 yards. Boston Scott runs for five. Hurts sneaks it for a touchdown. And then they don't run again. They only run it one more time after that. Uh, you know, I mean, that that's just – they got outcoached. I mean, Ron Rivera is a good head coach. And they, and they got beat. They got beat by a, a better coaching staff on that night. I mean, you know, Nick Sirianni, give him a lot of credit. They're 8-0. I mean, they're 8-0 for a reason. He's got a smart staff. He's a smart guy. But – you know, we want to pin this on the players for not having that motivation maybe from being off and maybe some rust. But same with the coaches. They they yeah. did a very, very bad job uh, putting together any kind of game plan that would help this team win. Uh, and, and that said, they had opportunities. Like Jalen Hurts said after the game, they tried to give us that game, you know, and 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 they did. The Eagles, you know, they, they hit the deep pass to Quez Watkins who fumbles. They fumbled three times in the fourth quarter. <sighs> they gave it away. The, the the red the commanders wanted to give them that game, and the Eagles didn't take it. They've turned the ball over three times with fumbles. Ball security, a strong point all season long, abandoned them when that when it mattered most. And you know you can say what you want about the officiating, and it was very terrible on both sides. I thought, you know we you know now Dallas Goddard's going to probably miss you know a month here with some shoulder uh, injury. Um, you know, as the result of that, you know, vicious face mask that was plain to see for anybody watching the game. I saw it sitting in the press box, but somehow guys, the guys wearing the stripes that are closer to the action than me didn't see it. And and, and that might have cost them the win, too, because you get the, the flagrant value. First of all, you don't turn the ball over and give Washington three more points to make it 26-21. But then you get the ball at the 50-yard line after the 15-yard penalties assessed. With, you know, less than nine minutes to go in the game, we've seen Eagles grind out long drives in the fourth quarter to win games. So who's to say that wouldn't have happened in this one? Who's to say if they don't go down and take a, you know, a 28-23 lead that they just don't, you know, give that lead back up because they're probably scoring with two minutes left and then Washington's playing from behind and Heineke has to beat them. Then you don't run the ball as much. So, you know, that was huge. That was a, a really bad missed call by, you know, Alex Kemp. And Scott Helverson, who's the back judge, had a perfect view of it. I don't know what he was looking at. <laughs> and, you know, there will be no accountability for these officials. We'll see where I'm sure Alex Kemp will work again, you know, this weekend. There, there'd be no any kind of suspension or, you know, one game sitting out. I mean, these guys don't care. The NFL doesn't care. They'll just keep oh, they don't care. these guys out there. I mean, it's, it's an embarrassment. And, uh, yeah, that was a big, big missed call. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, that said, the Eagles had their chances. They they fumbled the ball away. Now, Goddard shouldn't have been a fumble. Quez was just, I don't know what Quez. And, and, you know, he didn't I, have to dive. He didn't have to dive. He, he, could, yeah. he could have caught that and started and scored. I mean, love my oh. love Quez. Love my guy. 
I even said that big uh, third down conversion that he had. I'm like, oh, you know, Quez is always going to be that Avant type where he's not going to have the box score stats, but he's reliable. And then he does that. I'm like, I can't believe that. I asked him after the game. Um, I said, did did you know that 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 the Washington guy was like right behind you and was going to come up and tackle? He said, no. He goes, I thought he goes, to be honest, I thought he slipped and fell down. He goes, I didn't even know he was that close. He goes, but still, I got to hold the ball better. You know, he gave the ball up way too easily. Um, even if he just would have caught it and dived and fell down and just started rolling, then there's no chance of a fumble. But look, he's trying to make a big play. Um, and he just oh, yeah, I'm not going to crucify him for it. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah, he just lost, just, you know, just was careless with the football. And, you know, that's the way the Eagles played that whole fourth quarter, man, fumbling the ball away. And, now we'll see, you know, now we're going to see how they respond. Now we're going to see what they're made of. Um, and you hope they learn something that you hope that they fix this run. I was going to ask you, yeah, but it seems like you kind of answered it. You think it's because I mean, I, th- I don't know why we live in a world where one side has to be wrong and that's it. Cause I think I'm with you on this one. It sounds, and it sounds like you agree with this. You think it's both the coaching and the players at fault and the execution and the scheme. At fault. That's what I was going to ask you. What do you think it is? Do you think it was the scheme or was the execution? Because at some point, I mean, a lot of people are looking at Jonathan Gannon again saying, listen, what are you made of? Because at this point, we don't know and we want to get rid of you. But I'm at, I'm, I'm personally saying, no way. You know, this, this defense is performing in Jim Johnson type production. Yeah. There's no way I want to get rid of this guy. But at the same time, I'm watching that game last night. I'm like, does he, how, does he know how to stop the run? Yeah, he needs to go heavy in the box. And, you know, I get it's a philosophical thing. They don't want to get beat over the top. They don't want to give up the big play. And Washington came in with, I think, the most plays of over 25 yards of any team in the NFL. Um, so I kind of if he's one of like the luckiest, like statistical wise, is there actually a stat out there that he's one of the luckiest throwers in the NFL? Yeah, well, he didn't have to be lucky against the Eagles. Oh, no, everything was wide open. Wide open. <laughs> Except for the interception that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson pulled in. It's funny because uh, next week we're going to find out what was going on about that because uh, uh, I don't know if anybody knows if who listens to our podcast, but I, I produce Asante Samus' podcast, uh, The Art of the Interception. He was honored at the Eagles game last night. Asante was, so he was there. After the game, he meets up with Slay, and they had a whole out interview for The Art of the Interceptions coming out next week. Uh, and they talked about this game, so I'm I'm excited to hear what Slay has to say about getting beat. I know Slay has a podcast for the volume too, so I'm sure he's going to discuss it then. But uh, having Asante and him discuss it one on one, the former Eagles lockdown quarterback, one of the uh, the 2000 early 2000s eras. I mean, I'd love to hear them discuss it because it's going to be interesting. That's that's coming out next week. Yeah, well, I mean, Slay said after the game he thought he played well. You know, he said McLaren got some passes. You know, he got made some plays on him. But, you know, Slay said I made some plays too. Probably a standoff, you know. Um, it just seemed like McLaurin's catches came at critical times on third downs. Slay didn't play like um, he usually plays. Everybody yeah, agreed with that. Yeah. You know. This whole team didn't. And the, the only thing, and another thing I want to ask you, I don't know if you really dug in on this yet. AJ gets hurt on that reception. Looks like he buckles up his ankle on the turf. Mm-hmm. They use him as a decoy for the rest of the night after that. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he was hurt. Yeah, he rolled his ankle. He said so afterward. Now, he says he's going to be okay for the Colts, and you better hope so because you're not going to have Dallas Goddard. So, you know, are you going to activate Tyree Jackson now, who, you know, the Eagles had until Wednesday 
to make a decision on Tyree Jackson. They activated his practice window to return from that ACL tear on October 26th. You have three weeks. You got to activate him to the 53 or put him on IR for the rest of the season. So I suspect that's what they're going to do. But you need A.J. Brown now. You don't have Dallas Scott. That's a huge loss. He's this team's second leading receiver. Um, and uh, he scored touchdowns in back-to-back games. First time he's done that since November of 2020. So, you know, this guy was this guy was breaking out. He was on track to have a thousand-yard uh, season receiving, uh, and now that's not going to happen. So, you know, now you're going to have to make up for his loss. You're going to have to make up for Jordan Davis's loss. You're going to have to make up for Vontae Maddox's loss. They put him on IR, you know, three hours before kickoff on Monday night. So. You know, my thing is with the philosophical change I'm talking about, and I brought this up on press row last night. I said, you know, I think the Eagles need to play three linebackers. I think you park Josiah Scott. I mean, he's a nice player, but now the Maddox is out for at least four games. Let's put three linebackers in there. Let's go heavy in the box. And, you know, maybe one of those linebackers can cover a slot or hand them off to the safety or play a single high and bring a safety to the box. I, I would find like a that. role for Nicobe Dean and I would put three linebackers, him Edwards and white on the field. And that would be my focus is let's stop the run and we'll still have a single high. We'll try not to get beat over the top, but listen, that, that's all teams are going to do is run the ball. Look at these running backs. So Taylor, uh, Aaron uh, Jones. You guys didn't, uh, you only talked to the Sirianni last night, correct? No, he's talking on uh, Thursday, but uh, so you didn't talk to, you didn't talk to any of the coaches last night. Well, just Nick, but um, no. I was going to ask, like, this is something that clearly, if you get called on this week with Jonathan Gannon, you're going to ask this. I would imagine. You're going to ask, like, yeah, like, what are we going to do for this? I I mean, I just think, let's see. Let's go with three linebackers. Let's go with, you know, these guys are smart. smart. They're thinking about this clearly. But, I mean, I don't – that's a good idea. It's kind of like I'm like, yeah. Why don't they do that now? And I'm thinking about it because I mean, you know, you're. Yeah, I know Nicobe Dean's gonna have, you know, growing pains because he hasn't played yet. But uh, Josiah Scott's your backup. You know, you don't want him on your on the field as a starter and role. I mean, you know, he he's, played he's 65% of the snaps or something like that on Monday. And he made, you know, what, one tackle, two tackles. I, I, I mean, I just, listen, he he's good in, you know, maybe limited reps, maybe 20, 25 snaps. But, you know, give give Nicobe 20, 25 reps. You know, I'll put him you. in on, on, on rundowns. P- play him on first down. You know, I, I would use him. I mean, it's time. The, the kid's sitting there. He hasn't played but more than three or four snaps all year. And now you can't stop the run. And Jordan Davis isn't coming back. I'd be surprised if he comes back against the Titans, which he's eligible for, and Derrick Henry. But, you know, I saw him in the locker room this week. He's still limping around. I mean, you know, I know these high ankle sprains can take a while, but he doesn't look ready to come back anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, I mean, why not give Nicobe? What do you have to lose? I mean, I would do it. I would try it. And, yeah, if, if – you know, certainly Gannon, I'm sure will be asked, you know, what can he do philosophically to change this? Because the personnel is what it is. Now, can you adjust the personnel and play three linebackers and four man fronts? Yeah, I, I'd give it a shot. Sure. I mean, long term, too, because I don't think Kaiser White's going to be back on a long term deal or they bring him not. back. So probably. you don't want to throw Jacoby Dean blind in that position in year two. You want to get him some kind of, you know, on the field experience. Mm-hmm. This not, I'm with you. Now's the time. Yeah. Yeah, and Nick Nick talks on Wednesday. I'm sure he'll be asked about it. You know, this he's the CEO of the whole team. Yeah, we just got like, the title of this pod episode: "Unleash the Kobe Dean." Uh, yeah, unleash the <laughs> Kobe. I mean, I I just think 
you know, that would be to me. And listen, I'm no defensive whiz or, you know, I'm no no uh, NFL savant. You I know, can't hurt to try this, though. I mean, opinion. especially when Avante's not available. I mean, three line, let's give three linebackers a look. You know, Avante's not there. And Avante's good, and but now he's not here. And, you know, would you rather have Josiah Scott on the field for, you know, 80% of the snaps and Nakobe Dean for 0% or would you like to kind of maybe mix it up now? You know, throw some different wrinkles, show these offenses something different that they haven't seen from the Eagles now because they're just going to get a steady diet of run, 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 run. And it's not pretty. And it's just, you know, what was it somebody said about, you know, this definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Well, Eagles can't keep doing this. They're just going to get hammered over the head and bludgeoned, and they're going to lose more than they win over these final seven games or eight games, whatever it is. They they need to make an adjustment here. And that, to me, might sound radical, but I think it makes sense. No, it makes sense for sure, especially if they go into halftime without leads. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I mean, I, 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 the reason why they're, they were 8-0 going into this game is because no team could rely on their running shooting attack to beat the Eagles when the Eagles score so much in the second quarter. There's just no way they can do that. Right. And they had big leads at halftime. And then that kind of takes teams out of what they want to do. Now, listen, well, they have to pass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The commanders fell behind seven, nothing, 14, seven, but it was in the first quarter. So they were committed. They ran the ball 49 times. I mean, why, why uh, Taylor Heineke even threw it as much as he did. I think he threw it 27 times. He had a passer rating of 66. I mean, it's not like he was world beater. Um, but because of the running success that set up the play action and, and Washington, what it was a great game plan. You know, it, the time of possession thing, you keep Jalen Hurts and this offense parked on the sideline, frustrating them, making them feel like a real sense of urgency when they get out on the field because they're like, man, we haven't had the ball much when we got to do something with it. And, and then it leads to mistakes. They had too many three and outs. They had four turnovers, the one pick and three fumbles. It's not, it's not going to win. Um, it's not winning football, and it better change in Indianapolis on Sunday. Do you have a problem with the Hurts pass to AJ that went off his hands with the interception? Some people uh, have problems with it. I'm like, what's this the is what you want to see from your young quarterback, that, yeah. that he should have took the safer pass. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't sit here and say this guy's a running back playing quarterback and then get mad at him for doing a deep pass like that. That was a beautiful pass right on his hands. AJ should have had it. But I, I live with those interceptions knowing that my quarterback's willing to take that deep shot because nine times out of ten, I'm going to tell you right now, A.J. gets that ball. So I, I don't know. I, I saw – I'm just going off of social media, what I saw on social media, and I saw some people saying, no, take the safer pass. Why are you going all out with that? I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to see my young quarterback take those risks. I'll, t- I'll live and die by those interceptions for sure. Josh Allen does. Patrick Mahomes does. You know, but the, when they don't – when they're not intercepted because – you know, again, with those guys, nine times out of ten, they aren't. That's a big play, and you're destroying the defense. So I'm I'm living with that for sure. I just didn't want to know if you thought about it. Well, I mean, nobody was complaining when he threw a, three touchdown passes to A.J. Brown from 27-plus yards. Against the Steelers, uh, yeah. You know, against the Steelers. I mean, you know, the 39 yards, 28 yards, whatever they were, three from distance. No, Nobody's complaining then. I mean, I, I like it. Listen, if it gets picked – and it was a good throw, but if it gets picked, it's like a punt. You know, it's a 40-yard throw, 50-yard throw. Okay, so be it. Um, you know, I don't think you can just say, hey, let's not throw the ball deep. I mean, you know, you want to you want to test a defense deep. And I, I have no problem with that. I mean, 
I, I think it's kind of ridiculous to complain about that. Robert Quinn's been invisible. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. Yes, invisible. he has. Yes, he had played 22 snaps, didn't do a whole lot. Um, what are you going to do? I mean, the guy's the guy's old. Let's face He's 32. He's been here 12 years. I've, I've seen that. I've seen some people online make the golden take comparisons, and it's uh, I don't know if I want to go there yet. I just well, the Eagles took a chance. I mean, they gave up a fourth rounder. You know, I think it's both. I think it's I think it's the player and the team though, because when you're a pass rusher, it, it's all about rhythm. It's all about rhythm because I think that's the reason why Brandon Graham's not as effective as he has usually been in the past. He's not being able to build a, a really good rhythm as of late on the field, and I think that's the same for Robert Quinn. I mean. He's minimal 22 snaps. I know you want to have him as a pass rush specialist, but he's got to develop some sort of rhythm to get into the pass rushing mode. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I you know, listen, the, the, the Robert Quinn's the least of this team's problems. I mean, yeah, they, they have a lot of pass. It's hard to get those guys on the field. They have a lot. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, my worry is we're, how come Marvin Wilson didn't play? I mean, I know he's not like, you know, some hall of fame guy. I mean, he played, has made his season debut in Houston. He, he played 20 snaps or so he made four tackles. Now, you know, was he, a lot of them were down the field, but you know, he gives the defense a little bit more of a breather. You can't, I mean, Fletcher Cox played like 80% of the snaps. And I know there were a lot of snaps. The Washington was on the field forever, but you know, it's not good. Uh, you know, you need to have somebody. I, I, I was flummoxed. Marvin Wilson wasn't elevated from the practice squad. I mean, I know they elevated Mario Goodrich, the cornerback, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Where's the elevation for Marvin Wilson? You can't tell me they're going to go in against a team that likes to run the ball and is going to try to wear you down and not have an extra body to run out there for 15 snaps to keep your defense fresh. Now, maybe they thought, well, we were off for, you know, 27 days or whatever it was before we were playing. Maybe, hey, we are going to be fresh, but, you know, it didn't work that way. And I was surprised Marvin Wilson wasn't called up. And I listen, he's is he a great option? Probably an average, maybe a little below average option. He's an option. He's an option. They don't and they don't have many of them. And to just run the four D tackles out there like you had to me just made zero sense. And again, it comes down to like what we talked about, the coaching out coach last night, no question. And um, you know, bad decisions. And that's one of them. So, you know. This is a wake-up call. Like we, you started the show. Let's hope this is the wake-up call they need. This little punch in the mouth, and you know they're bloodied. And what do you do when your backs are against the wall and you're bloodied? You come out swinging and you try to stay on your feet. And that's what the Eagles need to do. Hopefully, they will continue so that tight end Dallas got her though, because as you brought up earlier, huge. he's going to be out. It's a huge, really big injury. Huge it's going to be tough. I mean, and Zach Ertz in the same week, really weird. Zachert's also out for the season in Arizona. Prayers out to yeah, 86. That's true. Yeah, with the knee injury, right? Yeah. yeah. Eagles legends going down in the same same games, uh, same weekend. It's unfortunate, but. Yeah, the Eagles have, you know, we'll see Grant Calcaterra, the rookie who, you know, I, I don't know if he can pass block, but, you know, he can get open, I think. He's caught one pass, 41 yards. Jack Stoll, they've kind of thrown the ball to him. Uh, each of these last, he's three making or four plays. Games. He's making plays. I don't, I don't have a problem with Stoll, but it's, it, again, it's it, you know, there's nobody on this team that can do what Dallas Goddard does, and just like there's really nobody on this team that can do what Jordan Davis did. So, huge loss. The offense, we'll see. That's another Nick question for Wednesday. Is you know, how does this change the offense? Um, because to me, it's going to leave a mark, and they're going to have to figure out another way to get this done. But Tyree Jackson will probably be, maybe 
be the guy added to the 53 because they have to make a decision on him. But what do I know? I thought Marvin Wilson was going to be elevated yesterday. No, I agree with you. I think they put Goddard and IR and put uh, Tyre Jackson on the 53. They're going to want to have three tight ends. I think that's a pretty much slam dunk thing right there. Yeah. But is Josh Sweat all right? Because if I'm going to pick a player of the game, I'll probably just go with Josh Sweat, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could go with Josh Sweat. Yeah, I think he's okay. He was on the field. He got hurt. Um, but he, he, you know, he came back and played some snaps. And, you know, of course, he had the big sack early, a strip sack uh, that Marlon Tui Pilatu recovered. But, uh, yeah, I, I think he's okay. Um, and, you know, you could give it to him. I Listen, Jalen Hurts, I didn't think, played a bad game. No, 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 no. Jalen Hurts didn't play a bad game at all. Yeah, I, I think I blame anybody but the quarterback. Yeah, threw for two, ran for one. Uh, I don't know what his completion percentage was, but I think he only threw, like, he threw 20 times maybe. I, I don't know. He didn't throw a lot at all. I mean, I mean he wasn't could, on the fall. He wasn't on the field at all. No, exactly. And that, that's the problem is, you know, hard to get into a rhythm when you're only on the field for six minutes in the first half. It's he just, had a, a 94.2 rating. It's not like he did anything bad against Washington. I think his passer would, uh, his completion percentage, let me look real quick, was 65. Yeah. I mean, his ballpark. I think he's not amazing. But, yeah. It's not amazing, but he did what he had to do. I thought, in my opinion, too. Mm-hmm. They got, I mean, Miles Sanders, I thought. You know, again, I think you're just they had the fear of when they played Washington the first time around there. That from those I understand Ron Payne and, and Jonathan Allen are what they are, but they the Eagles offense and the play callers really let those guys dictate the game and their play calling, it seemed like, especially when it came to the run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they had a hundred yards on the ground, the Eagles. I think it was like ninety-four yards. And again, it, the numbers are a little skewed because they didn't have they had the ball for 20 minutes in the whole game. Now that you know, that kind of made me think about Chip Kelly. You know, I mean, how many times he didn't care about? I was going to bring that up too. I was like, man, you're talking about the definition of insanity and doing things over and over again. That was that's the Chip Kelly era right there. Yep, it absolutely was. Um, he didn't care. It was plays run. It wasn't time of possession. You know, if you're playing 20 minutes, he doesn't care. You know, he doesn't care if your defense is gassed. Um, but yeah, that Washington man, that three of their touchdown drives. They had two drives that were like. Seven plus minutes. I got to ask you. I got to ask you because you're there at this. I I thought my immediate reaction was this cannot be right. He gave himself up on that sack. What do you expect Brandon going to do? Tear his Achilles again by pulling himself up to not get the quarterback. Why why, why don't other quarterbacks in the league do this then? If if this is loud to avoid the sack and make a penalty and avoid the negative loss. You know how many quarterbacks in the league are going to try that now to see if they can get away with that with officials? Uh, I I think they all didn't know it was possible until Taylor Heineke just did it. That's yeah. insane. Well, I mean, you know, I guess you could have picked up the flag, but it was a penalty. I mean, you know, Graham had plenty of time to pull up. or By, by definitional rule, it was a penalty, but, I mean, here, come on, man. That never happens. Nobody – it shouldn't be a thing. That here's what Graham said. And and I can see this. He said, I saw him get down and then get back up like he was running. He didn't hear a whistle. You know, uh, he thought the guy wasn't down. And then, you know, Heineke just kneeled for like, what, a second, two seconds and got back up. Hey, and he immediately gets up and celebrates as soon as they crash into him. Yeah, I mean, I listen, I mean, I can understand Brand- Brandon's point on that is, you know, he's just trying to bust it, make a play. He's charging in. He sees a quarterback go down. Did he even kneel down? 
you know, if you're Graham and, you know, you're breathing hard and you're charging and the crowd's on fire yelling and uh, you don't hear trying to get a sack. You're trying to get the quarterback. Yeah. And, and, and Heineke got back up and looked like he was going to run. So, I mean, listen, I, I can understand Graham's point of view, but yeah, by the letter of the law, it's a penalty and, you know, they had to throw it, but you know, sometimes officials have to use better judgment too, and, and understand a situation. And, you know, that to me was maybe one of those times where they could have exercised better judgment, but that, that crew is just terrible. I mean, Alex Kemp and that whole crew, you know, and it's a shame and we'll see if they work any more Eagles games this year um, because not seeing that flag, that face mask to me, it still just amazes me that nobody saw it. And I'm sitting in a press well, box. Plus we got to talk about player safety. And I mean, it's not like it was, hurt. Yeah, and it's not like it was in a, a cluster of players where it was hard to see. I mean, it was out in the open. And how do you miss it? I mean, you got how many officials are on the field? Eight, nine? I mean, how, yeah, 93. I think you said what was his name? Uh, Scott Helverson. I mean, uh, Scott Helverson. He's in the direct line of vision. Yeah, of the play. I, mean, how do you, I don't understand how you miss that. And again, there'll be no repercussions. The NFL is okay. Just keep running these same guys out there, no matter how bad they are. And, you know, it's a hard job. I get it. Officials have a hard job. And there are many times where I look at a play live and I'm like, an official makes a call and I'm like, that's not right. But then you see it in slow mo. It's like, wow, the, the guy got it right. You know, those touchdowns when they call touchdowns it's from, you know, the position they have, you know, on the, on the, on the line, the line of scrimmage. I mean, that, there's, it's a tough job. And, and a lot of times they get it right. And it amazes me when they do, but this was, there was a few that they kind of, you know, call no, when you're missing the outcome of the games up. I hate you. I mean, I, I like, yeah. I'm going to complain about you all the time. I, I don't mm-hmm. care if it's the Eagles or not. I like the product of football. I like to watch competitive football and if, if the refs are determined the outcomes of the games that's not a game i like that's nope. not a game i don't watch it's not a game i want to be a part of but it is what it is because like you said the eagles had multiple opportunities to beat that team and yeah and they found a lot of yeah they shot themselves in the foot multiple times yeah. multiple times and, yep and this was what people wanted to see they wanted to see the eagles face adversity in the fourth quarter and i know they did in arizona you know, they did a good job winning that game. They, they drove down, kicked the field goal, Dicker the kicker, made it with a buck 40 to go or so in the game. And then, you know, the Arizona Cardinals kicker misses one or we'd be in overtime. But that was adversity and they responded. But this was what you want to say. They're down nine going into the fourth quarter. They, you know, 23-21, they got the ball. Goddard gets face mask, no call, fumble. Then they kick three, you know, the field goal for three. And then you still think they're going to win when Quez catches that 51-yard pass and then he fumbles. So, I mean, you know. It, 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 there's a lot of ways you can look at this game and it was just, you know, you, you know, you hope it's just a blip and they flush it. And because I think they have a good roster and, you know, it's one loss. They didn't lose, you know, we should appreciate what they did. No Eagles team ever started eight. No, they it's the middle of November week 10 and it's their first loss. I mean, yeah, that's pretty. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. That's why I'm, that's why I'm yeah. not all up in arms and saying they do and gloom in the world's final part. Cause yeah, the divisional opponent knows you the best. Yeah. Onver is a good coach, like you're saying. He's yeah, been around absolutely. the league for Jack years. Del Rio, the D coordinator, and Scott Turner. I mean, they have a good staff too. Um, and they had a lot of adversity, you know, with the whole Daniel Snyder stuff going on. Um, Onver's mother passing away too. I did right. not know that until after the game. Yeah, that's why he didn't talk to us uh, on Wednesday. He said he had a personal matter and he declined to be interviewed. So Jeff Saturday is going to talk to us, I think, Wednesday. So we'll see what Saturday, Saturday had says to, on Wednesday. You want to hear a funny story real quick? I don't know if you heard this yet. Jeff Saturday had to transfer his fantasy football team to former Jets and Broncos wide receiver Eric Decker. He I didn't give up it. his 
Yeah, when he joined as a head coach for the Colts, he had to give up his fantasy football team, and he gave it to Eric Decker. I'll ask him how he felt about that. <laughs> I'll ask him tomorrow. Well, it's just so funny. Like, oh, man, you came coach out of nowhere. You came from the NFL Live crew, jumped into the coaching ranks, and they're like, hey, got to give up that fantasy team. Uh, man, he seems like a good dude. I mean, you know, I like his. Is, yeah, I mean, I just think Jim is a joke, but that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah conversation I mean, for another day. Yeah, right. We but, already had yeah. that. We already had that talk. We're not going to do it again. It's but, not Saturday. I'm worried about. Like I said, it's Jonathan Taylor running the heck out of the ball, and you know, it, luckily they don't have Naheem Hines anymore. <laughs> but uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor's a dangerous guy, and if the Eagles don't figure out a way to stop him, and uh, you know, I'll tell you right now, though, if anybody's disgusted with their performances, it's the offense. They know that they can outscore any team in this league. They know that they should put up way more points than what they did. They'll jump right into that game against the Colts, and I have no problem. I don't think they're going to have a problem scoring on that Gus Bradley defense that's really ailing right now. No Shaquille Leonard anymore. Mm-hmm. The secondary isn't what it used to be. Rodney McLeod, you know, he knows this offense well. I think that does matter because even Steven Nelson gave tips to that team that that helped. It really helps when those guys know and defend those wide receiver screens or any screens that the Eagles run in practice numerous times because – it showed when Steven Nelson was on the field, and I think it's going to show when Ronnie McLeod's on the field that they sniff it out right away. But other than that, I think I think the Eagles score. With, I don't think they're going to have problems scoring on this defense, so I'm going to say. Yeah. If they, if they jump to the early leads that they usually do, well, they give have John have Taylor all you want. They have to have the ball to score, and if their defense doesn't stop and get off the field, then, you know, I mean, the time of possession was ridiculous. The third down conversions were just as ridiculous. Nine for 12 in the first half. <laughs> It's embarrassing, and you hope they feel a little embarrassed, and you know they do something about it on Saturday, uh, Sunday. I'm sure they feel embarrassed. That's a prime time game. They got to be embarrassed. Yeah, the, the rest of the league's looking. I'm like, what? Yeah, paper tiger. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yep. All right, guys, we're gonna see us at the uh, before Sunday. We're gonna break down this whole entire Colts game a little bit more, and after we learn some things during the week. But I really like that Nakobe Dean observation by Ed. I think that's a good. Good idea. I want to see if that's him who better going forward because I think that'd be a great idea, especially against Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. Aaron Jones. Yeah. Aaron Jones. He's really, you know, everybody's getting credit to Aaron Rodgers lately. I think Aaron Jones is the major reason why they're turning things around lately in Green Bay. Yeah, they're committed to the run game. I mean, listen, nobody likes to run game until you're doing it well and then everybody loves it. So, right. Eagles can't stop it, man. Big trouble. We'll see you guys later in the week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.